the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show today. I hope it's going to be a fun show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you're listening to The Word to Stand On for Life, a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions or whatever you're dealing with. We'll do the best that we can to answer those questions, of course, using um, God's Word, the Bible that you Hold so near and dear to our hearts as believers. 340-9585 is our phone number for your live calls. That's area code 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call us at 877-630-KSLR. at 630-5757. That will be toll free. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send them in via our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now button and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Because it's Thursday, this is the date day edition of the program. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. But since a phone call just popped up, let's do that one first. And I'll let everybody know you're here, even though they always know you're here on Thursday. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's go to New Brunfels and talk with John. John, thanks for calling early. You're on the air. Sure. Thank you, Pastor Ron. I really appreciate your ministry on the radio. I've been listening for years. Uh, And I'm sorry, I forgot it was Thursday. uh, But I just have a question for you. Okay. Um, I understand uh, that the northern and uh, the northern tribes uh, were taken in captivity first, and then Judah about 100 years later. And then it talks quite a bit about Nehemiah and Ezra, the rebuilding of uh, Jerusalem and Judah. But I don't really read much about the rebuilding of the ten tribes in the north. So when Jesus came on the scene, who actually occupied what used to be the ten tribes in the north? Good question, John. You know, part of the part of the answer uh, is found in the tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. Uh, the Samaritans were considered by Jews to be half-breeds, uh, only slightly better than Gentiles in a Jewish mind. Uh, and they were, of course, um, the the uh, leftovers from the Assyrian invasion of the northern tribes. And when Assyria invaded, uh, one of their strategies in invading conquered countries was to bring their women in and 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 literally breed uh, and marry the men. Uh, the Assyrian men would come in and rape or marry the women. Uh, in in the conquered country so that they would try to breed them really out of existence. And that's one of the reasons that the Jews so hated uh, Israel. So there's never a regathering of the ten tribes. Now, that doesn't mean the ten tribes were lost. There's a lot of fiction out there about the lost ten tribes. They were never lost. Um, But in the scattering of, of Jews all over the world at that point, 
um, uh, the northern kingdom's identity was completely lost, John. So what you've got when Jesus enters the scene, uh, he is uh, entering a, a population of what we would call Orthodox Jews, um, Sadducees, Pharisees, uh, the Sanhedrin, scribes, lawyers, teachers of the law, those kinds of things. And, and religion, the Jewish religion, not, not the way we understand faith, but the Jewish religion was dominant. Uh, and it would have been primarily the descendants of, of the southern tribes who had been taken into captivity into Babylon. Some had left in Jerusalem hundreds of years before but um, it would have been the captivity um, from Babylon, 50,000, only 50,000 of the millions that were taken away, only 50,000 returned. And so all of these people that Jesus came to would have been those Jews that were gathered uh, descendants from that return from Babylon to Jerusalem after the 70-year captivity in Babylon. Lots of information out there, John, to read about it. Um, some great, great books. Um, uh, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of, of the author I'm trying to think of, but I'll try to get that for you, and I'll, I'll talk about it on tomorrow's program. Thank you, John. I appreciate it very, very much. Faithful listeners, I like that. Yes, and, and please, don't anybody uh, apologize for calling. That's what this show is all about. I just happen to be on here on the Thursday, but it's not really all about me. So, John, thank you, but... Please don't ever apologize. We want people to call in, and I love to hear um, when the answer is given and you're satisfied on the other end, and you can say, ah, okay, I'm good. So yeah. thank you. I think the important thing is to remember that there was never any 10 lost tribes, and we're not looking for descendants from those 10 lost tribes, as, as some falsely teach. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Well, Paula, this the reason I said this is a fun show, and mm-hmm. I kind of spilled the secret yesterday on the program. Mm-hmm. But today is our twenty third birthday as a church. Yep. Um, twenty three years ago today, we started with our very first church service. It was a Wednesday night mm-hmm. in the recreation center of an apartment complex. Yeah. We had thirteen people attend. Mm-hmm. That was the very first official. Calvary Chapel of San Antonio yes. um, beginning. Yeah. And um, I was a young man then. I was doing the math today. I was I was 44 <laughs> years old. I said, I was 44, Paul. Look what these people have done to me. I've gotten a hold. Uh, but this is a, a special day for us because we get to um, reflect on and reminisce about the faithfulness of God mm-hmm. over 23 years and yeah. the things that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, I think most of the audience knows, or, or if, unless they're brand new believers, or listeners rather, mm-hmm. um, but when we came to Texas, we were here for about a month before we started uh, the church. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, we left We left California on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Yep. And then uh, we got here to San Antonio, had no idea. We'd never been to Texas. We didn't know anybody in Texas, never wanted to come to Texas. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was just one of those one of those things that we knew for sure God wanted. You know, I got to thinking today, Paul, about dates. Uh, there's some significant dates. March 20th, 1970 mm-hmm. uh, is the most significant for you and for me because that's the day we met and fell in love. We've been together ever since. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, our, our children's birthdays, of course, are significant days. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 4th, 1994, when the Lord spoke to my heart for the very yep. first time at Bible College yep. and said to begin praying for the people of mm-hmm. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And then that Easter Sunday when we got in a truck that we paid a dollar for yeah. and headed out on Interstate 10 East and didn't stop until we got to, uh, to San Antonio for the very first time. and had no idea what we were going to do, how we were going to do it. We had no idea how we were going to support ourselves. We had a garage sale. I'd spoken at a couple of places, and they gave us a couple of love offerings. Mm-hmm. that uh, we got. So we came here with $2,800 in cash, mm-hmm. $2,800. Yeah. We got here during Fiesta. Uh-huh. We found out how expensive and hard-to-find hotel rooms were. <laughs> uh, the hotel room that we found in this part of town was twenty. Uh, was a hundred dollars a night, mm-hmm. and since we could do the math, we figured, well, we got twenty-eight days. Yeah, we, and that's without buying happen. food. Yeah, and that's without <laughs> buying food. Uh, and so we had no idea. So it was a complete step of faith. Uh, we found an apartment finally after a, a week or so, and um, 
we started telling people about Jesus. Yeah. Started meeting, and May 31st, 1995, was the very first date. Uh, 13 people showed up. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest crowd we had for for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought, I must be doing something wrong. Lord, are you sure you called us here? All the things that you think <laughs> when things don't go as you expect. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really, for both of us, a terrifying, but the most exciting, terrifying mm-hmm. time that, that we could imagine. Did you feel like you won those little baby eaglets as you're talking, one of those baby eaglets, and the mama kind of, you know, to help you learn how to fly, she pushes you out of the, the nest. <laughs> and for us, it's like, ah, all the way down, and then she swoops under and rescues us. But that's how it's been feeling for me, you know. I used to run into the bathroom all the time, screaming to the Lord, this man you gave me! <laughs> But, you know, when the Lord told you to go, that I'll be waiting here in Texas for you, you know. Of course, 23 years later, looking back, the biggest thing that strikes me very often is if someone says no. They have no idea what they miss. And so that we came was awesome, yes. But, yeah, when we got here, it was scary because... Again, no job. There was nothing set here waiting for us. No security. No, no body. <laughs> not, not even one. No, we didn't know one we person. We didn't know a single person. And so just to come here was like, it's just me and you and our dog and, and, and our little $1 we paid for truck. What are we going to do? Don't know, but God has a plan. And, yeah, it was very exciting. Um, and it still is because <laughs> God has a plan. And pretty much things haven't, I mean, they've changed a lot. But our security in worldly things or other people has never changed. It's still reliance on the only one who can supply all of our needs. And so... Um, you know, I was looking at some calendars today, and you know I was. Because yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, let's look back at some of these, like every year something. And I only got through um, a few of my calendars, so next year I'll go back and get those other ones. But, um, you know, I, I was thinking, we got here in 95, and I think it was about six weeks, and you taught me the book of Romans, right? Yep. Uh, just me and you in the in the little studio apartment and you taught me the book of Romans and and then um, it's like, okay, so when are we going to start a Bible study? When are we, gonna, we came here to start the church, right? When are we going to start the church? That's me bugging you. And other people in the apartment complex because, uh, you know, we would talk to them and they were like, well, you're here. <laughs> we got a few people. When are we going to start the Bible study? So, Pastor Ron, here's a question for me. Starting a church, who starts on Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't church usually mean Sunday? So let me ask. I don't think I ever asked you that question. You know, we 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 lived in an apartment complex, and obviously we were sharing Jesus with people and telling them what we'd come to do was to start a church. We didn't know when it was going to be, but we'd let you know there'd mm-hmm. be some some way of passing information. This long before social media oh, yeah. was oh, ever yeah, thought for sure. of. Um, but, uh, you know, I just assumed, I guess, that uh, I would wait until the Lord said, now is the time. Uh, and then because of the church tradition that we came from, we went to church on Wednesdays and we went to church on Sundays. So I assumed that we would have two um, um, services a week. Um, and and it just, when the Lord said, go, I, I you know, I go out and walk with him every day. I was out running that particular day. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that particular day, but 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 earlier in the week, and um, um, just Jesus. What about me? And what about today? It's been sort of my thing from from the beginning. And uh, one day we're out in the walk, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, "Now's the time." Um, whatever day that was, the next day that we would meet would be a, a Wednesday. So I said, "Okay, we're going to start on Wednesday," and and I don't know how where you got because we had no money. No. I mean, we were so broke we couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. But uh, you you made flyers or passed out flyers mm-hmm. or something and put them in the apartment complexes. And um, um, our first meeting was that, that Wednesday night, um, Gospel of Mark, 
chapter 1, verse 1, and we started right there doing what we do today, 23 years later, going verse by verse through the gospel. Um, we had a worship disaster that first night. Uh, you were going to sing, and um, um, you have a beautiful voice. And so I thought, well, Paula, we'll just sing a cappella. And then we had somebody they went to Bible college with who showed up here at uh, in San Antonio. He knew I was coming. And he said, you know, I've got family here. Maybe I'll stay. I don't know, but, but I'll do worship for you. Now, I always, I'd always seen him playing guitar. Uh, with all the kids at the Bible college. He's an older guy like I was at the time. But I'd always see him playing the guitar, and I figured, well, that's great. Would you do that? And then I remember thinking, oh, God, you're so faithful. You sent a worship leader at just the right time. <laughs> so I told you, you don't have to uh-huh. sing. Mm-hmm. And we got worship, mm-hmm. and we were together just praising God. Mm-hmm. So I opened up in a word of prayer, welcomed everybody to the very first meeting of Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. <laughs> uh, the worship... Guy came oh. up, sat down on a stool, began playing his guitar. <laughs> he looked really good, right? Yeah, I mean, he looked, he looked like, like he knew uh-huh. what he was doing. And our our heads were bowed, my eyes were closed. I'm just thanking the Lord. And then the worst noise I've ever heard <laughs> our, came out of that guy's voice. Yeah, our, our heads were bowed, our eyes were closed, and then they began to water. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you grabbing my hand. And squeezing yeah. it and looking at me and saying, stop this. You have to do, do something, something. <laughs> quick. But it was just awful. <laughs> and and there was only two things I could do. I could laugh or I could cry. Yeah. And I started laughing. Yeah. I just thought, you know, Lord, this is your way of humbling me. Um, then so be it. Not by might nor by power, <laughs> but by your spirit. And and so be it. So we, we really <laughs> suffered through, I think... I think he played three songs that lasted like a month. <laughs> yeah, it just never ended. It? But it was just awful. Uh-huh. It was the only time he ever did it, thank yeah. the Lord. Uh-huh. But uh, I went up and I taught, um, and that was the very f- first time. And then I remember it was uh, 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 a few weeks before uh, we started on Sundays. Uh, I was waiting for the Lord to do that. It was in another book. So by then we had Wednesdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. And so looking through my calendar, Pastor Ron, this is what I found. I, I love the Lord. So in June of 96, so I don't know, May 31st, and then June comes. And, and like a lot of the listening audience knows, too, um, when we go on vacation, you seem to always ask the Lord, this is recent, um, should you resign or retire? But I think the Lord has been priming you for a, a lot of years because um, in June of 96 is when the Lord told you about date day. That's mm-hmm. how long we've had date day. Yeah. On Thursday. Yeah, and you, you first began date day cleaning our apartment. Now, not that I didn't appreciate it. I appreciate that you did the cleaning because I had the allergies to the cleaning stuff then. Um, but I was cleaning the apartments later, and so I still had all the stuff. So he had you cleaning the our apartment, which I thought was really, really sweet, except that then he told you, that's no kind of day day. I thought that was you that told me that. <laughs> I prayed that that it wasn't a day day that the Lord would hit you by with the two by four or something to get your attention to say that's no kind of day day. Well, he I was just answering your prayers. He did, but that was a year later. And let's just say that you weren't yet thrilled about being in Texas. No, I, and I and and um, you know when you go out and you walk with the Lord and and ask him check your heart he's able to speak to you about things like that mm-hmm. and and now for 22 of those years of our 23 years thursday has been our day day ever since yep. And um, it's it's when the, the radio program started. I thought, well, Thursday's still the date day. So, Lord, if you want me to do this, then Thursday's going to be the date day edition. And you were upset with me all over again because you're going to be on the yeah. radio. What am I going to do on the what? radio? No. Um, but but yeah, we we've been doing that uh, ever since. And it it was really it wasn't our intent, but it, it turned out to be a great example because from that from the very beginning to this very day, there are a whole bunch of people in our families that are in our church family. That that have been uh, modeling our date day and yeah. and making sure that they have their own time and it was just the Lord making sure that that uh, because of my past I was a guy that worked hundred hour plus weeks mm-hmm. um, you just thought okay now he's a Christian I'm going to be a, um, a 
alone because of Christian stuff, which is better, but. Yeah. And, and the Lord wanted you to know that, no, he's always thinking about you. He's always got you. And I needed to make sure that you knew that you came before anything else that I was called to do. That's right. Paul, let's take a phone call. We've got Tanya from San uh-huh. Leandro on line one. Tanya, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama Paula. Hi, Papa Ron. How are you guys doing? Hi, beautiful girl. We're, we're doing great. We're, we're doing great. great. Thank you. I, I don't, believe it or not, I don't have a question because I, I, I'm doing what you tell me to do, Pastor, and that's stay in the Word, the Word, the Word, and the Word. <laughs> if I have Good. any questions, yeah. I just go online and listen to your uh, sermons. But I just want to tell you guys happy birthday, and I really wanted to thank you guys for um, just always being so loving and kind mm-hmm. um, to me and to my family. And to know that I moved so far away, to know that you guys still pray for me. And, I mean, Carlos and myself and Marcus wouldn't be where we are today if you didn't preach the Word of God the way God intended it. And I want to thank you for never changing the Word of God. I mean, how many churches can say 23 years and we still preach the Bible, the Bible, the Bible? So I just wanted to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Um I'm just so grateful in the best of times in my life and the worst of times. You guys have always been there, even if I don't physically live there. So I want to thank you, and may the Lord bless you guys abundantly with many more um, years. And I'm just so grateful, and I just love you. I love you guys so very much. I mean, you, I know we're not related by blood, but, man, y'all are my family. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, thank you Tanya. Uh, God bless you guys, you guys so much. Yeah. We're related by Jesus' blood, huh? That's right. The blood of Christ. Well, Tanya, you and Carlos and Marcus, your picture is in the upper right quarter of my prayer wall at home. Yeah. And uh, you get prayed for daily. Yeah. And, you had that beautiful and, orange dress on. Yeah, that will never stop. Mm-hmm. That will uh, never stop. We love you. Say hi to the rest of the family. I think personally for, for me, Paula, and I think I can share this with, for, say this for you as well, is the hardest thing about what we do is people that life forces them to move, go other places. We planted 27 churches out of our church, and, and um, we, that means we're saying goodbye to some of the best. And it's always hard to mm-hmm. say goodbye. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, um, we're always connected to those people, and they stay in touch and and um, hopefully we bless them, but they certainly bless us. Yes, amen. And, and Tanya, you are so faithful. Every opportunity that you have to come back into town, you make sure that you come to church, that we get to see and hug each other. So we love you as well, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions or comments, or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Paula, what's next? Okay, in June of ninety six, this was a big deal because we didn't have a computer. Remember that we are, we're writing all of our stuff as far as our notes and everything, and we hear I, this. I could see back then. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a, a knock on the door, and on our front step of our apartment was a computer. We need one, but we don't even know how to <laughs> use one. But the Lord was so faithful to send us exactly what we needed at just the right time, and that was really kind of cool. I also, in in uh, 96, is when uh, the church, of course, was smaller, but we started going. Yeah, way small. Yeah, all of us after church, all of us would go to Luby's. And at the Rolling Oaks Mall? Yep, at the Rolling Oaks Mall back then. And that was a great family time. And, and I think a lot of our ministry took place um, even after church at, at the mall. So I remember those really sweet times. Okay, then in 97, um, the Lord, and I didn't think this would ever happen again. I was I was pretty content in our uh, apartment, but there came a time where, you know, we had more people coming, and I was, I was wondering, do you think we'll ever get a home again? Mm-hmm. Well, we got the Lord provided us our home where we live now, in '97, um, and I remember when we first, you know, that was a, a, a fun story too, because we didn't have any money. <laughs> you know, we've been here a little while, and that twenty-eight hundred dollars, 
was gone. And I didn't have a discernible job. I mean, not not one that I was getting paid for. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I was cleaning at the apartment complex, I think, at this time, and they really weren't able to pay me much. And so to think about getting a home was like, it was a miracle, you know, the way the Lord worked all that out. I mean, people just started sending money. So a lady came to the front door and um <clears throat> Oh, no, that was just to get out of debt with something else. I don't even know how we got this house, but I remember the, the real estate lady said, um, you know, close in 60 days. And then she called back and said the people want to close in 45 days. And then she called back and said they want to really close in 30 days. And I was like, oh, yeah, you need to talk to my husband while I go in the bathroom and scream. And um, the way the Lord worked that all out, I still don't remember exactly how all the money came in, except there was $2,000 that we really needed and a check came from California at just the right time. It was bizarre. And that's exactly yeah, that, what that, that was actually some money that I'd loaned my brother and um, I never expected to get it back yeah. a long time ago and it just showed up. But uh, yeah, it's a great story about that. So we'll, we'll spend a couple minutes on that on okay. the other side of the break. You're listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Beautiful Paula is live in studio. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions or 877-630-KSLR. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Back in two minutes. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. For those of you listening, I hope we're not boring you. It's always good to take some time once in a while to reflect on the faithfulness of God. Um, we do it uh, quite often. But it's just one of those things that reminds you that uh, this is all his work. It doesn't have anything to do with us. You know, Paula, one of the things that, that has always characterized this from the very beginning is faith. Faith to get here, faith to stay here, uh, faith just to exist. We had nothing. We had no money. There were times we didn't eat. I remember the day right up the street on Pet Booker Road where we're located now, there was a uh, Golden Corral. It was a big deal in Universal City at the time. It was brand new. They built it. And it was a grand opening. And and I remember walking by there thinking, wow, if I had money, I could go in there and eat something. And, and it was just, you know, we, we, I'd actually walk in, up and down Patrick Road all this time. And I'd go in there and just look at the food. <laughs> just sort of live vicariously mm-hmm. through what other people mm-hmm. were enjoying. Smell it. Just thinking, oh, poor. Lord, if only we had something to eat. <laughs> but, but faith and, and the story of our house is just one example of how God has led us from the very beginning. Um, um, I thought that we didn't need a house or find an apartment. God knew otherwise, not just for you, but for, for the people in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I don't know why. I've always been busy. Even when there was hardly anybody coming, we did a lot of counseling, and I was still teaching three Bible studies a week, one at Randolph Air Force mm-hmm. Base and two here. And so I was just always busy studying and, and preparing. Um, um, and I didn't really have time to go look at a house. And there was a realtor who started showing us some places, and we just thought, I don't have time for this anymore. We look at, this isn't it, this isn't it. I remember the, the, the last, I think it was a Sunday evening, we, we looked at a house that was just not it, clearly. Mm-hmm. And I said, Paula, I'm done. If you, you keep looking, you and Joyce, that was our, our lady's name. But uh, I just don't have time for this. And so she called later that night, and she said, I know you don't have time, just one more house. Mm-hmm. And remember, we were looking to rent. Yeah, we were looking to, to mm-hmm. lease a house. Yeah. And, and she said, this one's not for lease, it's, it's for sale, but I'm sure it's a house that, that uh, it'll be really easy to get in. It's a Christian couple that owns it, mm-hmm. and they've, they've, they were divorced, and they recently married, and their family's too big for, for this house. So uh, I wasn't going to go, and I just felt the Lord nudge me, you go. Mm-hmm. We got out of the car in front of the house that we live in now. We've lived there for 21 years now. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we walked in the door, 
And as soon as I walked over the threshold, the, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart again and said, this is the house. Mm-hmm. And so you and Joyce walked in ahead of me, mm-hmm. and I said from behind you, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. First, before we left our apartment, you said, bring a check. I was like, oh. for what? <laughs> you don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We had like $548 in the bank. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and and a house costs a lot more. But we were going to give them a, 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 a down payment. But I just felt like this was going to be the house. Uh, and so I walked uh, in. I said, "We'll take it." Yeah. And I still didn't have time, so I got to go. Yeah. But she said, "Well, what do you mean you'll take it? We'll take it." Mm-hmm. She said, "Well, what do you want to offer?" And I said, "You said it was a Christian couple." We walked around in the house for a yeah. few minutes. Yeah. And they, clearly, when they were Christians, Bibles were there, and there was mm-hmm. other stuff. And and I said, "Well, well, how much do they need to get out of it? We don't want them to have to pay anything to get out." Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that's not your problem. I said, well, it really is my problem. If they're believers, what do they need? I don't want them to have to pay anything to get out of the house. Yeah. And we knew they were in a hurry. And so uh, she figured it out. She called me back. I said, okay, we'll take it. I still remember the exact amount, seventy-seven one ninety-seven. As a, as the price of the house? Price of the house. Okay. What was the down payment? Do you remember that one? It was 6600 and some odd dollars total. Oh, okay. And, and and that might as well have been $6 million for yeah, us. Yes, yes. But the Lord said, don't worry. <laughs> and uh, so we signed the, the contract, gave them the, the earnest money. Yeah. And and we were there, and we announced the next Sunday that we bought a house, and and people were so excited because it was like as long as we were in an apartment, they weren't sure we were committed to yeah. staying out. It never occurred it to us yeah. to leave, Mm-mm. but but the people did. Yeah. So um, as we closed on the house, everybody from the church, I think we had about seventy people then who came over At least. and filled the house, and we prayed for the house. Yeah. But um, the the way God provided the money was miraculous. Now we look back and we know that this was him preparing us for a very unusual call to ministry. Um, the consistent issue from the very beginning to this very day that we're speaking now has been money. Mm-hmm. We've never had any money, and yet God keeps spending it like we have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the free school, the free medical clinic, the the, the manor house, uh, the Even George before Jesus. that, even yeah. before that, we would get books, and we would give them away. Yeah, everything was free. Yeah. God made that clear to us. <laughs> Paying for other people's radio spots. Praying for, yeah. Uh, so, so it was just it was just always we were stretched. Um, some people would say it was reckless. Yeah. But we knew this is what God yeah. had called us to. Yeah. Not always called everybody to what he called us to. Uh, and and uh, 23 years later on our, on our birthday today, um, you know, we're still on our knees begging God please we need so much Mm -hmm. everything we do costs a lot of money Mm -hmm. and then he's even I mean like I was going to say he got the nerve but he's even talking about expanding the vision I mean we knew there's we know there's more to this and he's starting to kind of stir that up in in us and other people and it's like oh my goodness oh my goodness Hmm. okay Lord you're the one you own the cattle on a thousand hills, and sometimes I say, <laughs> "So what?" You know what I'm saying? Tell me, Spencer, and and that's just one of the things not having money has done for us. And and I I think this is a word for a lot of people in the audience. One of the things not having any money has done for us is kept us as close to Jesus as we can possibly be. And because we've been close. For 23 years, we've seen the hand of God move in in unbelievably miraculous ways. Mm-hmm. And had we said no, or had we gotten too afraid to take those steps of faith, small ones at first, but remember, we had nothing then, so the small ones were really the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. As our church grew and people started coming over all these years, it's actually, for me personally, a little harder to take those steps of faith because there's so much to lose mm-hmm. and so many people depending mm-hmm. And yet the one thing that he's always asked us to do is trust him. And we've taken those steps of faith regularly, um, not waiting till it made sense. But when God says go, we go. And we've got huge visions still. And and all I can do is see dollar signs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But um, I I once had one of my my office manager. um, One time we got a, a nice large gift. And she looked at me and she said, it doesn't matter what you're going to, you're going to spend more than that. 
And that's always been the way. God's always kept us right on that edge. Mm-hmm. And it is a, a terrifying place to be. But at the same time, it's opened the doors to some of the most exciting things ever. Yeah. And, you know, people come here, <clears throat> and there is a difference here um, that people kind of, they can feel the love, but they also, once they're here for a little while, they understand walking by faith. You know, if they don't know anything about you other than that, that's a, a really a, a big trophy, walking by faith. Um, speaking of spending money, you know, after a while, there was quite a few people coming, and where we are now was much smaller. So I, as I'm going through my calendar, October of 99, the church expanded um, the as you look at our building from the double doors, the left ones, to the left, this was something else. It belonged, um, I don't know what it was called at the time, but um, church expansion, and that's always dollar signs. And I remember, you know, we all from the church, we're the, we're the labor. And it used to be a, the ladies' gym, so there were still mirrors and turquoise carpeting everywhere and so we were in here um cleaning it cleaning it out and tearing it down and then the people who knew how to build it back up were in here but all that stuff materials cost money and i just was thinking you know lord you said i always say this if you build it they will come no (laughs) but if you teach it and like tanya was saying you know just being faithful to teach his word there's a, a kind of a different class of, well, I shouldn't say that. There's just some faithful, faithful people that God has brought here who are now um, walking by faith every bit as much as you are. There, You have a great staff. All your pastors are, they brought their families and they're walking by faith too. Your your elders, the, the people that help you out here, um, you know, I got Dawn Ballesteros who sits by me. She does pretty much the women's retreat. Here you go, Dawn. I don't do anything other than get the, the guest speaker. The decorations, the color, the scheme, all that stuff is her. I have some faithful people, but you have the faithful husbands who, you know, have these faithful wives. So you've got a you got a great staff here. Let me, let me ask you a question. And, and see, we, we would have met none of those people had we not come or had we let fear keep us from, from following the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um, one of my favorite verses is 1 Corinthians 4, 2. It's required that every man given to trust by God must prove faithful. And I think as we pass those tests, God was able to bring other people that he was testing yeah. and, and surrounding us. I think of, of um, my, my, our worship pastor. Um, you know, I, I'd only had one worship leader um, for the first 10 years we were here in the church. And mm-hmm. when it was time to send him out and start a church, and by the way, he is uh, he's a radio program on this station, Troy Neely from Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. It's a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. And as faithful as he was for 10 years, I'd always go to pastor's conferences and hear all the horror stories that other pastors had with their temperamental worship leaders. And I thought, I've had the same one for all the whole 10 years. What are we going to do now? Well, God sent, sent Pastor Elaine. That's November 5th, 2006, he, first Sunday here. He had done as the worship yeah, as pastor. Yeah, new worship Yeah, worship pastor. leader. Yeah, he went to pastor that. Yeah, that worship time. leader, that's right. But, but uh, I remember telling him, when t- took him and Joss out to lunch we did, and, mm-hmm. and told him this is what I think God wants us to do. And uh, he, was, he, was, he couldn't eat. And that boy can eat. So it wasn't that. He, he was so shocked he couldn't eat. I had never led a group before. Um, great voice and he could play, but uh, it was just, it was a real step of faith for him as well. Uh, and he's been um, doing worship ever since, but but it does so much more now. He's been here for, for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pastor Ken and the others who, who came last year, God brought Pastor Rich and Raquel mm-hmm. from uh, from the Bronx. the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so so they, they, they keep moving. We had Pastor Juan and Lachelle. Oh, yeah. uh, we sent them out <laughs> to plant in, in Puerto Rico. Rico. October 26th, he was and ordained. it was one of the worst days of my life when he left. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's a son, and she's 
closer than a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, how can you have somebody know if they believe this is what God wants them to do? And while God used it, that was not God's plan for them. That was. And they came back. That um, was 2007 when when he was called out. But it was um, 2008, that next year, when he came back. Because he, he was he'd gone to Florida, I think it was, for a, a sister's wedding or something. And he came and spoke at our graduation. Spoke at the graduation. And we were preparing to say <laughs> goodbye to him again, have our hearts broken all over again. Yeah. And I, I remember him saying, I want to stay. Let me ask you a question. What is the, the most afraid you've ever been in our time here? Well, the most afraid, I think, was when, you know, kind of the uprising with the school thing, because I was afraid I was going to blow it because my heart was hurting so bad that it kind of got hard, and I was, I was mad and sad. I wasn't really mad. I was just more hurt and disappointed. So I think that was, that's probably it. What are you thinking? Well, I, I wasn't thinking for you. I, I just, I've been afraid every day, so it's easy. Okay. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but um, um, by way of explanation, when we started the free academy, it was K through 6, and we were going to add a grade a year, charge no money, and there was a group of people in the church who decided that was an insane thing to do, and school had nothing to do with the church, and they... Uh, went around and said um, um, to, to people behind our backs that Pastor Ron's going to ruin the church. For, nobody can do a free school, so we've got to take control of this. And, and they actually demanded that either I resign or we stop the school. If you don't stop school, then you have to resign. Um, and, and uh, you know, all we've done is love those people and pray for them. Um, some of those people have come back and apologized. Many have not. But but it was, you know, 40 people or so back then. That was a lot yeah. for yes, a church that, that needs no money. Is quite a few of them are, are no longer even walking with the Lord. Yeah. A lot was, of them are divorced. Yeah, that's what happens with, with rebellion. Yeah. But um, it, it was the most difficult time I think we've been through from a, from a church perspective. We've lost people that have broken our hearts, and that's been difficult. But I think the... Um, the the, the the fallout from that was that God doesn't need anybody. You know, some pastors say, well, if they go, good, blessed subtractions. We didn't feel that way. Our heart was broken. Mm-hmm. Our heart was absolutely broken. And um, one of them was your best friend at the time. And, yep. and uh, others were people that I trusted and, and spoke well of, even while they were speaking ill of us behind our back. Those are the kind of tests that every church is going to endure. And if we would have let them talk us out, uh, one of the guys that led it was probably at the time our biggest giver. Um, and it would have been easy to say, well, you know, the people with the money are saying don't do this. And so maybe we're doing the wrong thing. But, but uh, you know, I'm stubborn. If I've heard from the Lord or I think I've heard from the Lord, we're going to do it. What we would have missed I mean, think of all the graduating classes, think of all the kids that have come through their lives that have been transformed, mm-hmm. not just kids, but families of those yes. kids yeah. in the process. And uh, um, those are those are really, really difficult things. Um, what one thing, Paula, would you do differently? 23 years we've been doing this. And you can say it from a church perspective or personally. Hmm. You know me, Pastor Ron, you are so good. That's why you're on this station Monday through Friday. I'm just here on this Thursday because you can, you can just think so quickly. Me, I need a week. I'll get back to you next week. No, you know, seriously, there's so many things that go through my mind. Um, but what I would have done differently, um, probably listened more and talked less. I, seriously. Um, while I was... You know, I didn't know what being a pastor's wife was, so I was thinking, you know, I was having all these ideas of she had to be, you know, a, a lot more serious. Um, she should know every bit as much or just a little teeny tiny bit less than her husband, um, that she couldn't really be herself. She had to be what other people expected her to be. And so um, 
uh, probably listening more um, and, and talking less would have probably helped me out a lot. Just listening to the Lord saying, you know, just be you. That's who I created you to be. And you would tell me that. Um, but my problem was, I, w- I think even before being a Christian, um, trying to please people. Um, so that, that just kind of transferred over, you know, trying to be good and do good instead of knowing that I was loved and that accepted in the beloved. Um, and so, yeah. I think one thing we all have to learn, and it doesn't matter what you're called to do, whether it's start a church or just go to your job tomorrow, the one thing we have to learn to do is is learn to leave it all in his hands. Mm-hmm. And simply we're responsible only for obedience. We're not responsible for results. Mm-hmm. I remember Paula uh, across from our apartment church. Uh, our church was in apartment 414 where we lived because mm-hmm. the, the recreation center that we met on that very first night burned down to the ground, literally. <laughs> the, the Saturday night before yeah. our first Sunday service yeah. was there. And uh, so we're, we're, we're in an apartment. I remember walking um, early Sunday mornings, um, standing across the street from this little tiny um, Assemblies of God church, mm-hmm. uh, right across the street from our apartment. I remember looking at people pulling in and going in there. I remember on some Wednesday nights, kind of looking into those windows and counting people. Look at 10, look at 12, look at 14, 25 people. Are we ever going to be that big, Lord? <laughs> And um, and just thinking, I must be doing something wrong. And yet, being prepared to teach and doing the best I could, whether there was two people there or 20 people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the God has been faithful. This doesn't depend on me. Um, our walk with him depends on him. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. And if we understand that, then we realize that we don't have to perform and we can really rest. When Jesus says throughout the, the gospel accounts, do not be anxious or do not worry, depending on the translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spent literally 23 years worrying, casting those cares mm-hmm. on him, mm-hmm. but, but nonetheless scared to death. Yeah. Uh, and yet... When push comes to shove, you know you've got to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And, and the result of being obedient is an outpouring of God's Spirit that is an amazing thing to consider. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this one thing, Pastor Ron, because um, I remember in one of my prayer journals from back in the day, I, I drew a picture. And I, I'm stick people kind of drawing, so it's not a big deal. But um, I found a flyer as I was going through my calendars of the year 2000. Well, in one of my prayer journals, there is a stick person, you, on this platform at a racetrack, and you're preaching the gospel. And I remember back in the day praying, Lord, you know, he's saved now, and wouldn't that be just kind of funny if he would be preaching at a place where he lost all of our money, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and so um, one day at this this location where we are, um, the chaplain from the racetrack comes over. Cha- chaplain Mike, who, who, who calls occasionally, uh-huh. and just recently called a couple of months ago. Sweet. We heard from him again. Yeah, he's a great guy. Okay, so um, he comes over to the church, and he's wondering if, this Calvary Chapel, he just happens to see the sign, is the same as the one in California, pastored by you know Chuck Smith at the time, and you say yes, and he, you know the rest of the story. I mean, they're talking about would somebody come over and minister to the the workers, the racetrack workers, horse people, there, and that was our very first sunrise service at Rotama Park. It was on April 23rd, and we really did have a sunrise service, and it was outside. It was 7 a.m. in the winter circle, and I think that picture, if I even go back, um, because I still have all those journals, um, it seems like that was a a 19, I don't know, 88 or 98. No, not 98. Probably 88 or 92. 92. I think it was 92 when it, it I was, drew that it, picture. Yeah, it was after I, not long after I got saved, yeah. but long before I'd gone to Bible college. Before we came here. here. But the yeah. Lord kind of gave you that, uh-huh. and you just filed it away. Yeah. Never 
you know, I don't even think I told you about that or anything, but that when it happened, I was like, I got the picture. I drew this. That, that's actually, if you remember, how I began the message, yeah. giving thanks oh, to God uh, because uh, of the vision that God had given you that this very thing was going to happen. And so that was our very first sunrise service. Mm-hmm. After that, um, we, we had too many people, so we, we went to, uh, uh, what was at the time, the Verizon Wireless it, Amphitheater. It, it was, no, it was just a different... Because Matama was big, but we had it a couple times there, but it was just better at the other location, yeah. right across the street. They were asked, they asked us. Well, Jimmy just called and said his birthday is today, the same day as the anniversary. So, Jimmy, we, we all of us, we say happy birthday to one another. Thank you for calling. Paula, mm-hmm. we're just a little over a minute, maybe a minute and a half before you want to share. Well, that it's our birthday in the Lord as far as a church. And I, I remember you said at one time when, when John Corson was here for a men's retreat, and he said, you know, he'd been teaching his church for 25 years. Um, and you, you said, oh, man, I don't know if I'll ever get there. Well, we only have two more years to go. <laughs> I said I won't ever be able to do that because I was such a late-in-life Christian. Uh-huh. But here it is, 23. Yeah. And so I just will be praying and ask the radio audience to be praying to that Pastor Ron will at least make 25. Um, you know, you want Jesus to come back, but 25 would be kind of a cool milestone and what kind of a, a birthday party would, would Calvary Chapel San Antonio have? <laughs> Woo-hoo! I'm thinking it would be pretty awesome. You know, I guess the, the, the import of all of this, Paula, is that God is faithful if we give him a chance to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think too many of us, we wait for God to do stuff and then we take action. But faith doesn't work that way. We walk by faith and not by sight. We take the step of faith and his power follows us. And too many of us, we've gotten way too cautious, way too conservative. When Jesus says to go, we go. And had we not come to San Antonio, we'd have missed out on so much. Oh, my goodness. There's so many wonderful people. And and I don't have time. We don't have time to list them all. We'd miss anyway. But over the many years, it's just been amazing. Thank you for your prayers. I know you pray for us daily. May the Lord bless you and keep you. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. Goodbye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.